0: What do you do when you get to a place of your quote-unquote extra savings fund on top of all the basic things that we teach how much cash is too much cash
1: welcome to getting money right a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson. And on today's episode, we're talking about what to do with excess cash. It seems like the saving rate's gone up, David, over the last year. So we want to specifically talk about a situation where someone asked how much cash on hand is too much. So let's tackle that question and see if we can help.
0: This is fun because, you know, Leo and I's first thought is, how's your budget? How's your emergency <laughs> fund? Have you paid off debt? And in this scenario, the answer was, you know, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It, it was a working budget. Somebody had a budget in place that they were living on every month. They had their emergency fund set up six months. Yeah, six awesome. months of awesome. emergency fund. Phenomenal. So so they have, if they had to transition jobs, if they ha- had something unexpected medically, they were okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So they've done everything we've taught and
0: right. encouraged people to do. And, you know, we talk about the four um, principles and we go through and say, you know, Uh, spend on purpose, save before you spend, increase your margin and invest wisely. Well, they were investing Mm -hmm. 15% of their income. uh, And so every dollar that comes in, 15% is going into these long-term retirement type savings. And now this is the and, this is the too much cash question. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they've been putting some money into an extra savings account every month. Just to increase margin, they're still going, kind of going back to step three. Well, we just keep increasing margin, increasing margin. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that extra savings account has started to grow. And they have a lot of what I would call liquid cash. There's just money sitting there that it's liquid meaning that it can be spent on anything as needed there's a real benefit to having money available that's also Mm -hmm. why you have your emergency fund that's why you have your budget in place and so it really got leo and i thinking about the philosophy of the different accounts that people have access to and what do you do when you get to a place of your quote unquote extra savings fund on top of all the basic things that we teach how much cash is too much cash uh, when should right. you actively be looking to do other things with that money?
1: Yeah, it seems like that's a kind of a weird question, because like, is there such a thing as too much cash? <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> there is. If you really understand how economics work and how inflation can eat away at your buying power, right? this is an important aspect of managing your money well for the long term. Because if you're doing everything we're talking about, and I'm, I'm excited about talking about this, David, because so often we focus on the basics, because we're still helping so many people. The statistics still show that so many people are not managing money well. So that's kind of the foundation of what we do. We want to make sure people who don't know this information begin to do this so that eventually they can get to the place where it's like, I have surplus. Mm -hmm. I have margin. I can invest. I'm maxed out on my 401k. What do I do next? This is about building wealth. So I'm excited about talking about this because it's not something we talk about a lot, uh, since we do focus on the the first part of it, which is really, really important, we do encourage you to do that. If you're not in this situation, you can be. You just need to take the right steps. But let's talk about this because I think this is really exciting about casting a vision maybe for some people that are not there yet, but they can be.
0: Yeah, well, and and let's talk just really quickly about where this cash goes that is liquid. So first and foremost, you should have a checking account. And Leo and I, honestly, we recommend one checking account Mm -hmm. that matches your budget, that you run the numbers on your budget tool, Mm -hmm. but that it matches with your checking account. And that checking account may have some extra cash in it because it is holding both your short-term savings Mm -hmm. and your medium-term savings. Uh, So, you know, maybe car replacement, maybe um, refrigerator replacement, appliances. Vacation uh, fund. Vacation fund. So your checking account should have a decent amount of cash in it because it is the place that's holding all the money that is in your budget tool, Mm -hmm. and your budget tool will have both your short-term and your medium-term savings in it. That's correct. Then you're going to have a high-yield savings account. Now, when I say high-yield, at your local bank, there will be savings accounts. But a savings account typically pays... 0.001% 0.001% or, yeah, think, or something very low. I think it's
1: so funny that they actually use the terminology high yield yeah. <laughs> when it's like less than 1%. It's right. Like, come on. Can we just call it what it is? Pathetic? Well, yeah, yeah pathetic, right.
0: Well, so, so that's what's interesting is there are savings accounts at your local bank. Mm-hmm. But there are also high yield savings accounts. Yeah, you want to make sure that you're not in a regular savings yes. account with your emergency fund. You want to put that into a high yield account. So for Ashley and I, we've done this by opening up at an online bank. There are online banks that are very reputable. Um, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but Ally Bank, Symphony Bank. There's a few others that are well known where. It's still, in today's market, it's less than 1%. So -hmm. it's not a high yield. It's a very low rate of return. The word yield just is the rate of return. It's the interest rate. Mm -hmm. And for a while, the interest rate was around 2%. And Mm -hmm. that was decent for a high yield savings account. Now it's less than 1%. All that aside, that money is still liquid. You can still easily get to it. You can still spend it if you need to. But it's almost set aside at a separate bank or in one of these high-yield accounts. Don't put it in a regular savings account. Put it in a high-yield savings account. So you've got those two accounts working for you. Then, you know, this person was talking about the uh, investing long-term. They've got their retirement accounts. So now we're into three different kinds of accounts. Your retirement account could be your 403B at work or an IRA, an Hmm. individual retirement arrangement, an IRA that could be at any of the major brokerages Mm -hmm. these are like banks but they focus on investments so vanguard is a brokerage they buy and sell investments um uh, charles schwab fidelity um, all sorts of companies you just google investing brokerages and you could use any of those to set up an individual retirement arrangement you This is interesting. Now listen to me as I walk through these accounts. I know I'm taking a little bit of time here because we're gonna get to the other side of this, but your checking account should be easy to use. It should be linked to your phone, in my opinion, in Mm -hmm. the modern day, like make it simple. Have a a card that's connected to it. Uh, You may use a credit card to spend on, but then pay it off with your checking account. So you're gonna have this checking account that's easy to access. Then you're gonna have this high yield savings account. It's a little bit removed, so you don't see it every day, but it's still easy to access. Mm then you're going to have either a retirement account at your 401k at your work, 403b if it's a nonprofit, that's the that's the number associated <laughs> with nonprofits, the 403b yep. from the IRS code. Then you're looking at your IRA, your individual retirement account that could be at one of these brokerages. If you've if you've got these things in place, which is what we're talking about. You've got this in place and yet you're still saving extra, then you've got to begin to ask yourself uh, well, you know what? Before you ask yourself any questions, you should celebrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first thing you should do is if you've yeah. got this in place, you're really doing phenomenal mm-hmm. with your money. I mean, if you've got your budget in place, you've been paying off debt, you've got your emergency fund, yeah. you've got extra margin, and, you, and you're saving 10 to 15% every paycheck into retirement. Great job. Mm-hmm. Just Just sit down for a minute, realize... You're ahead of the curve. Yep. Yep. And and that's phenomenal work. So mm-hmm. so first, just celebrate. Probably the first thing you should do with some of this quote unquote extra cash is go to the Cheesecake Factory and buy yourself some cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's not the first thing. Well, whatever whatever your thing is. Whatever your thing is. Uh, you know if if you if you want to go buy ice cream, go buy some ice cream. If you want to um, go detail your car, then go detail your car. Whatever it is, uh, enjoy a little bit of that yeah but then you've got to begin to ask what this extra savings that's happening and and I've talked in this scenario talking to somebody and talking to different people I've talked to people that had 25 thousand mm-hmm. fifty thousand um even close to a hundred thousand dollars sitting in extra savings yeah and for them it started out as a peace of mind fund like hey I just have a little bit of extra. Peace of mind, mm-hmm. so I would call it the POM fund, the Peace of Mind fund, and and I think that's I think that's cool. I don't think that's wrong, but there is an opportunity cost to having that money sitting in an account that has very low interest, uh, that's not gaining, it's not going up over time, and. We know, especially right now, especially in 2021 with all the government spending, with all the money that's being poured into the market, uh, that's being printed by the Fed, different things like that. We know that there will be an inflation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't know if it'll be hyperinflation. I think that would be a little bit over the top, but we know that the prices will inflate. So that means that your money that's sitting there is actually losing buying power. Well, it's already happened in some areas. Uh, absolutely. So it, you have to realize there is a cost to leaving that money sitting in the peace of mind fund. There's also a cost if you have any credit card debt at all. Credit card debt costs you ten to eighteen mm-hmm. percent. That that money is costing you ten to eighteen percent. Yeah. So if you have another set of money sitting over here in your peace of mind fund. But it is losing buying power. It's actually going down more than it's going up, technically. Mm-hmm. And over here, you're losing 10 to 18%. Well, the opportunity to keep that money in your peace of mind fund, really, and we're saying peace of mind, really you already have the emergency fund in this scenario.
1: Yeah. This is important to understand, is that once you've done the due diligence of managing your money well, that gave you the ability then to save and have six months of emergency fund set aside, and you've got replacement fund, the mid-term savings we talked about, you've done about 95% of what you need to do to feel secure. Nobody's ever gonna be 100% secure, you can't Mm -hmm. chase that. So you gotta be careful that you don't begin to stockpile cash in order to feel better and safer. Believe me, you will never feel safe 100%. If you're trying to reach that, it's it's an unattainable goal. So that really shouldn't be the purpose there's always risk because nobody owns the future, right? That's the risk. So we can't mitigate all risk. But by doing these things we've talked about and by managing your money by these four steps, you've already gotten to the point where you've got a fairly steady, strong financial foundation. Mm-hmm. You cannot become a money hoarder <laughs> to make yourself feel better. So you really gotta address that. If that yeah. is coming from an unhealthy, fearful place, you have to understand where you're standing Hear from us, man. You're in yeah. a good place. Yeah, there's no reason to fear. Because listen, if everyone else, if if the economy tanks, everything happens as bad as possibly can happen. You're going to be in a better position than most. So you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Don't let this fear let you stockpile money that's actually going to lose money in the end.
0: And Leo said something, and got right on the edge of saying something. Cash, it will never bring you true security Mm-mm. money will never bring you true security if you're relying on cash or a peace of mind fund or even your emergency fund or even your budget if you're relying on money to be your source of security money is liquid money moves money runs currency money, the currency like it's got electricity
1: a, it yes, kind of flows it flows
0: <laughs> it Money is never going to be your source of security. Mm-hmm. And if it is, I just, as, as people who've been in the financial um, space for years and years and years, Leo and I can, we can promise you if you're trying to find your security in money, we love talking about money. We love talking about it as a tool. We love moving towards our purpose and our calling. But if you're finding your security in money, then it's going to be a fleeting dream. And it's going to cause you pain long term. So don't don't rest there. Okay. So let's get back to this idea of this opportunity cost. Uh, if you have credit cards, that's a no brainer. This cash should just be straight going to pay off credit cards because yeah. you're losing 10 to 18%.
1: Well, not only that, but if you're if you have this money in a even a high yield account, and let's say it's making half of a percent, but you're paying 18%. You realize that you're actually paying 36 times more interest than you are gaining mm-hmm. uh, by keeping those credit cards and especially if it's a higher balance you know if it's a five10 fifteen thousand dollar balance between all your credit cards that's a lot of waste right you're not making anywhere close to that from what you're doing in any other investment other than maybe your long term right which is stuff you don't touch and that's you know it's on its own track but your cash is is diminishing. Rather than actually helping you to pay down the debt and secure your financial future much better that way. Because when you pay off the debt, we said this before, David, that when you actually pay off debt, you're gaining 18%. It's Mm -hmm. like investing. When you're paying off your mortgage, you're gaining thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. that you would typically waste. I'll say that because you're paying that interest. Now, it's not waste because you do benefit from having a home and all that. But my point is you can have your home cheaper if you don't have a 30-year mortgage. And if you pay for fifteen, you'll pay less interest, then that might be fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, of saving. Yeah. Now you can take that money and use it for a better opportunity. Right. Right. And that's
0: what we're talking about. So, so it's very obvious if it's related to credit card debt. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. Let's go to one that's a little bit less obvious. Mm-hmm. Is your mortgage? Yeah. So if you're, and I'm just going to put this number out there, your mortgage may be higher or lower, but if your mortgage rate is Mm
1: 3.5%,
0: that means that while you're going up by 0.5% in your extra cash, high yield savings account, Mm -hmm. 0.5 versus paying 3.5, again, that's seven times more.
1: And the balance is probably higher than what you have in your savings, the balance on your mortgage. Right. So you're paying seven times higher on a larger balance, like a larger number that you borrowed.
0: So. Right. So, so, but this is a little bit less obvious because, um, you know, that that interest rate is low. Overall, three point five percent is much lower than eighteen mm-hmm. percent that you'd be paying. And so then there is kind of this question mark of well, if I like having twenty thousand dollars over here. In my peace of mind account, should I leave that and not pay off this 3.5% mortgage? And there's a there's a good there's a good question mark there. Um, I think it's interesting because if you begin to flip this question, imagine that you had already paid off for your mortgage. That you had no debt on your home, you had no interest that you're paying on your home. Mm -hmm. Would you go take out a loan on a home that you had already paid off to the tune of $20,000, $40,000? Would you take out a loan for $20,000 just to have that money sitting in a savings account Mm -hmm. instead of earning half of a percent? Earning half of a percent. You you most likely would not. Yeah, nobody would not. W- nobody who's paid off their home is going to go back into debt just to have cash in an account. Right. The math is the same. Yeah. So... Exactly the same. It's exactly the same. So you have to ask that question. Well, if my house was totally paid off, would I take money out just to put it in a savings account? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And that should help you answer the question, should I use this extra cash to pay off the house? I'm going to lean towards a yes here, but every situation is different. You, you've got to make that decision for yourself. You know how your job is doing. But if you've got your emergency fund, you're saving 15% towards retirement. You're living on a budget. You've got a lot of safeguards in place in this scenario. Mm-hmm. So be thinking along those lines. Then uh, you've also got to think about if you've got extra cash, why would you not start looking to be generous with other people? Mm-hmm. Why would you not start if you're in that good of a place and you look around the world and you say there are people who are who need help mm-hmm. that I can serve and you have to do it wisely. There's a book written called uh, "Helping Without Hurting" because sometimes you can help somebody to their own detriment. Yeah,
1: it's, it's <laughs> helping when it
0: helping when it hurts. Helping when it hurts. Okay, okay. yeah, helping when it hurts. Uh, is it is it helping when it hurts, or is it? Know. I think it's helping without hurting because it's trying to educate people how to help others. It's when helping hurts I think. when helping hurts. That's, That's it. it That's, That's yes. It. That connects hurts. when helping hurts. I love that book because it highlights something that we often forget. Sometimes you could help somebody to their own detriment, so you have to be wise. But if you've got money and you look around the world, this is a great time to increase your generosity.
1: Well, let me let me expand on that a little bit because sometimes when we think about generosity, we think, oh, I'm gonna write a check, or I'm gonna give money, or I'm gonna you know, crowdfund, whatever. And those are worthy things to do. If you see a need, especially if it's a family member, a friend, and you think that it will actually help them, again, this is going back to, are you really helping or enabling? So you need to have some wisdom there. But if you do see real needs and you meet those needs, that's good. But it may be different for you. It may be that your way of helping is saying, hey, I've got this extra $25,000. And I've always wanted to teach a specific topic. I think mm-hmm. this is something people would really benefit from. That $25,000 can help you start a business, a home business, yep. an online course, something that will help you to do that. And you can make it very affordable or you can give it away for free. Right? It's up to you. Right. If it's a generous thing, you can take that money and invest it in something that will help thousands, if not more people. And that is generous. Right. Starting a business is a generous thing if you do it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Right. If you start a business, going back to money is never your security. If you start a business because you just want to make more money. You may be potentially a rich person down the road, but you're going to still be miserable. Yeah. Because it's not going to fulfill you. You have to have a bigger purpose in what you're doing. So if you are starting a business to help people, then that is a great use for this money. Yeah. Because it will have an exponential impact, and that's going to be good for you. Yeah. It may actually take you to a different level financially speaking. Yeah. Because that business could actually become very profitable. So maybe that's the way you go. Think of it as giving, though. If you have that attitude of, I'm going to be generous with this money, instead of hoarding it and keeping it to myself to make myself feel better, which it won't, why don't I use it? Why don't I take this opportunity to invest it in something that I think will help more people? Mm-hmm. And there's so many different ways you can do that. You just have to take some time to think about it. If you're a Christian, pray about it. I think God would would give you some wisdom there. And I do believe that it, you could you could do some great things. I don't think money is provided to us because i do believe it is provided to us and the opportunities to earn it i don't think it's given to us a chance you know it's not like god is in heaven and just throws money around and whoever happens to land on mm, they're lucky no i think there's real purpose and those who faithfully manage seem to have more Mm -hmm. and those who squander what they have tend to lose what they have so i think those are principles that are you know eternal and they will continue to be so. So for me, when I look at this opportunity, I think if I'm going to be generous, there's so many ways I can do that. But I don't want you to think generosity means always giving money to someone. It could be, and you should not eliminate that, but it could be something else. Yeah. You just have to figure that out.
0: Uh, so, you know, I'll give you guys a personal example. Uh, with Ashley and I, you know, we as a baseline, um, we we would say that we return the first 10% of our income to the local church, and really that's just us putting God first in our finances. So it's not even for the church per se, it's literally to the Lord. That's, this is how we view the world. Yeah. And so the first 10% automatically goes back into the church, that's on the gross, um, and that's of our income, that's easy, that's a no-brainer. But when we have this margin, and we do, Ashley and I actually give extra to the church mm-hmm. because we believe in what's being taught there And we know the church has full-time staff that administrate funds to help other people too. So the church is helping people with food, with with clothing, with shelter. Uh, The food is helping with education, with spiritual health, which we believe is important. So we give extra uh, to the church we also give to an organization called Compassion International, uh, where we sponsor kids in other countries to be educated, to have clothes, to have um, basic medical services. Yeah. So we sponsor people in other countries, and Leo and I have this podcast, mm-hmm. and, and we have spent money to serve other people in a way that Leo and I believe is really helpful. Yeah. And so that is, in a way, I mean, I, I wouldn't label it as my giving fund. I would label it more as a business fund. But when you have this extra savings, extra time, extra talent, extra margin, when you've increased your margin, so some of it we do give to the church. Some of it we do give to kids in other countries. Some of it, we, I mean, it sounds funny, we give to you, the listener, and that's important to Leo and I for our purpose and our calling, and we have money set aside to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, what are what are you going to invest in yeah. with those extra funds?
1: Yeah. Well, just to remind everyone that's listening, our intro always says, "Right, welcome to Getting Money Right." Yep. The show is dedicated for one specific reason: to help you fulfill and and accomplish your full life's purpose. Right. And that's intentional. When you and I created this over three years ago, we sat down and said, why are we doing this? You know, why, why have personal financial education? There's so many other people yep. that could do it. And there's a lot of podcasts and people teaching stuff, on good it. good stuff. So do we need to be an extra voice in this space? We felt like what we could bring to it is unique because we're gonna reach a group of people that everyone else that's doing it won't. So having enough voices in the space is necessary. But we didn't do it just for that. We're not just filling a gap we felt like what we've learned about finances has helped us to accomplish and pursue the things that we care about. And we feel like if you understand these concepts and if you believe that you can do it and, and start taking those steps and build that foundation, one day you'll look up and you're like, man, I'm, I'm actually doing really well. And I've got margin and I've got you know financial peace. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I'm, I have more freedom. I can spend more time with my family. I can spend more time with my friends. I can invest in people. I can I can slow down enough when somebody says, "Hey, can you help me do something?" That that you you're freed up to do so, and that could potentially lead to something that like, I I love doing that. I want to do more of that. Yep. And and that's what this is about. It's not allowing money to become the focus of life and the driver that makes us go to work and stay at work longer than we should, or not spend time with family when we should, prioritize family over making right. money. Because we manage money well, it allows us to put it in such a place in our lives that it's a tool that we use to accomplish things that matter more. And it's never the focus of life, but it's a useful tool that we need to take care of. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the whole purpose of this. So going back to the topic, you know, we want you to be able to see the opportunities that are available to you as you have Reach this milestone. And if you haven't yet, don't lose hope. You can. Stick with it. You'll get there. But if you are there or you're almost there, realize that just putting money in a bank and and hoarding it or, or thinking that it's going to bring you more safety is not the right thing. We're trying to help you really think through this more broadly and really hopefully expand your thinking a bit that there's opportunities that are coming your way that you need to be aware of and intentionally start thinking through, what do I do with this? And some of the options, of course, you know, if you still have credit card debt, get rid of it. That is a big waster for you. Yeah. Get rid of it. If you have a mortgage and you can knock it off, man, do it. I'm telling you, once you do that, having that extra $1,200, $1,500 per month that does not have to go to a mortgage, mm-hmm. that is so freeing because now your housing cost that's typically around 30% is like 10%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, Wow. Now I got an extra 20% that I can put toward other things, whether it's investing for your own future, whether it's providing resources for others. uh, It just frees you up. And so, you know, I I don't believe that debt is bad, meaning that you should never have debt. I don't believe that's true, but I don't believe it should be a majority of your holdings, meaning if you have properties or if you have things, you shouldn't be leveraged to like 80% of it is all the bank's money and I only have 20%. Uh, I think over time, you should build that equity and and make sure that you 100% own it. You're not wasting on interest and all the other things, plus taking the risk that comes along with it.
0: That's right. Well, I hope that this has been helpful for you. Uh, I hope that it's, it's helpful to see what it looks like when you get to that place of increased margin and investing wisely and having extra cash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do I do if I have too much cash? I hope that we've given you some good options. Uh, One other great option would be just to put it in a mutual fund that's balanced out at a 60% stock, 40% bond mix, or 70% stock, 30% bond mix. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could do that as well. And it's going to be gaining interest that will hopefully outpace inflation. You have to have a long time horizon, but we're assuming you do in this scenario. So, So I hope that these are some good options. I hope it's helped you to think about why it would be important not to find your security and money, but to invest it and not miss the opportunities Yeah. uh, that having a quote unquote peace of mind fund may be costing you some opportunities that you're missing out on. And I hope it's caused you to think a little bit. I hope that you'll share this episode with a friend. Uh, Leo, where can people go to spend more time with you?
1: Yeah, they can come over to leosabro.com, and this is where you're going to find both some content that will help you, such as this podcast, uh, blogs that I've written over the years, and also tools. Um, mm-hmm. You know, David and I talk about having a budget, having a budget tool and a debt repayment plan, and and all of those things are available. You can download these forms, you can use them for yourself, and there's videos that are attached to those, so you have links where you can watch the videos and learn how to do that so that you are able to create a foundation of Mm -hmm. good financial management. And then beyond that, you can grow to the level we talked about today.
0: That's right. Well, if you want to spend some time with me, come over to stewardshippastors.com. Check out the book, Jesus on Money. And then, of course, you can always check us out on social media, Getting Money Right, David Thompson and Leo Sabo. Uh, you can find us, friend request us, follow us on uh, Instagram, uh, wherever you want to come hang out and spend time. Shoot us a message there. We love mm-hmm. getting a direct message. We love answering questions like this. What do I do when I have too much cash? Yeah, It's fun for us. So we hope that you'll join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money right. right.
1: Think of it as giving though. If you have that attitude of, I'm gonna be generous with this money instead of hoarding it and keeping it to myself to make myself feel better, which it won't, why don't I use it? Why don't I take this opportunity to invest it in something that I think will help more people?